At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's the Minnesota Tim Podcast. It's Thursday morning. It's Jake's Takes Time. Podcasts during the Minnesota Vikings offseason will not be as often, but they will come out weekly, sometimes bi-weekly, sometimes triple weekly, quadruple weekly. We'll see what happens um, as stories allow. Okay, I would say that's the way it should be. I did learn my lesson last week. I did not text Holly, your wife, after Haley and I watched National Treasure Edge of History, the finale of season one. Yeah, you she was pretty devastated. Uh I think she just maybe today or yesterday got out of the funk she was in mm. um of sadness since you spoiled the penultimate episode. Um I thought so. she was going to be as excited as Haley and I I mean, we have youth group on Wednesday night. We come home, we eat a pizza, then we start the episodes at like 9.45, and we go to bed typically around 9, 9.30. So I question Holly's dedication to National Treasure Edge of History on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, but we've mostly had basketball games on Thursdays lately. That um, does make sense. Yeah. So she usually waits till Thursday to watch it when I'm not home. Um, well, then I question your dedication to National Treasure Edge of History. I've seen parts of like two or three, maybe four different episodes, just little segments. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those that's so bad, it's fun to watch. <laughs> that's what I told Haley. Like, it's, it's so it's predictable. Terrible. It is it's, pretty bad. But, like, but that doesn't matter because it's kind of funny to watch because it's bad. So, like, I'm not a snob about it. Like, it's, it's still fun to watch. But, yeah, like, if like you're looking at it from a quality standpoint, it's it ain't there. Yeah, the acting is pretty terrible. There's about two good actors in the entire thing, and yeah. uh, the main actor is a terrible actor. Um, but you know, I don't even know if it's the acting as much as just like the premise of the show and the script, and like I think like it's they're kind of set up for failure because 
there's a charm to Nick Cage in the National Treasure movie. There was, yeah. But stretching that out over the course of a series, and I, it's just kind of... Yeah, it definitely did not live up to the movie. The first movie was definitely the best. Second movie was right. solid. Um, and the series was not even in the same ballpark or state as the movies. But, yeah. but uh, there's again, a lot of things... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, but it's still fun to watch just because it is, you know... You could just make fun of it the whole time and enjoy it yeah. that way. Is what I. Yeah. And that, and that's also why she doesn't want to watch it with me. Yeah, and you can make predictions about what's about to happen. Like I predicted almost the entire last episode. I made yeah. one wrong prediction. I thought the bad girl was going to become a good girl at the end because her entire team died. But then she looks into Careful. the camera and like slow motion. Hearing. That's true. Careful. And, Don't and she looks into the camera and says. I'm Salazar now. And it's like, okay, this little slow motion stuff. And yeah, mm. a little unrealistic. Sounds dramatic. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a couple of things for us to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, last night, the Minnesota Timberwolves made a massive trade. They got rid of D'Angelo Russell. Uh, speaking of that, do you expect a coming home, uh, a tribute video for D'Angelo Russell when he comes back to the Target Center? I, uh, probably. Yeah. Probably one of those short ones, you know, like the like 30 second, like, thank you, D'Angelo Russell, for your time in Minnesota with like a little, like a couple pictures up on the big screen. They should like, just like show his highlights against the Los Angeles Clippers in the play in game last year because without D'Angelo Russell, the Timberwolves would not have won that game. Yeah. Towns wasn't great in that game. I don't remember what Edwards did, but he wasn't spectacular. D'Angelo Russell was seriously the reason why the Timberwolves got the face of the Memphis Grizzlies in round one. He didn't show up in the playoffs, but he did show up in that playing game. Yeah, he had his moments for sure. I mean, he wasn't definitely isn't a bad player and can score the ball from time to time. Just doesn't play any defense, but you know, maybe the Lakers could use that. They could use some more scoring. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, the biggest piece, the fact that they turned Russell Westbrook, who was seemingly like an un, like you'd have to trade stuff with him to get somebody back. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that they got Malik Beasley, who you know we know and love as a great shooter, that's a good fit for the Lakers. And then Vanderbilt, Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's the kind of player they need. I mean, a little Minnesota reunion there with those three. Um and Patrick Beverly, so we got four of them. Right. And so I think the late, yeah, really, I mean. Trying, trying to recreate the 2022 Minnesota Timberwolves in L.A. Apparently, yeah. And that really, it's, I think the Lakers did, did the best out of the three teams um, in terms of the value they got back. Yeah. I think, I think Malik Beasley and, and Jared Vanderbilt was big. And, and I don't know that other people also. think, I mean, because like obviously we saw those two play last year. And years before, but last year, we know what they could be. I don't think the national media or fans know or realize how effective those two players are at what they do. You know, Beasley as a three-point shooter and Vanderbilt as a rebounder defender. Um, mm-hmm. So I do think that those those three combined will make the Lakers a better team, which is bad for the Wolves, I suppose. Might be somebody you're fighting a playoff spot for, but. Yeah, and the Minnesota Timberwolves acquired Mike Conley Jr., the longtime Memphis Grizzly, then Utah Jazz, now Minnesota Timberwolf. Um, when there's a lot of discussions happening before the trade actually went down, I was 
just looking at the web and looking at fan reaction to the discussions and everyone, not everyone, but I would say I, everyone was against the trade. Like there's nobody that supported it. Um, I would say roughly 80 to 90% of the reaction that I saw was negative from fans about trading for Mike Conley Jr., which surprised me. I mean, I understand he's 35 years old, so he's at the back end of his career. D'Angelo Russell's younger, but clearly something wasn't connecting with D'Angelo Russell and Rudy Gobert offensively. And the Timberwolves just traded how many first-round picks for Gobert. So when you trade that amount of first-round picks, the goal should be to try to make that investment work as much as possible. And now the Timberwolves are looking to do that because Conley and Gobert were teammates in Utah, and they work pretty good together. Yeah, I mean, that's what the – that's – this is a – a, probably a bad trade, maybe not bad, but a bad trade if um, we don't make the Rudy Gobert trade. Yeah. But once once you do that Rudy Gobert trade, you're kind of committing to a shorter timeline um, with Rudy Gobert's age and everything. So at first glance, you're like, oh, Mike Conley, yeah, older point guard, like he's a win now player. Like, are the Wolves really in a win now situation? Well, they kind of sort of are. I mean, mm-hmm. between. Towns, you don't know what his future is, and Rudy, and I mean, obviously, Edwards being 21, or not even 21 yet, is obviously good and bad. You can hopefully win now with him, but hopefully you have another 10 years with him as a, maybe your main piece on an effective team. Um, but Conley definitely raises the play of this year's team and maybe next year's team. Um, the biggest thing is that extra year of control, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wolves, you know, Russell had $31 million but then he was off the books next year. Well, I don't re-signing him would have been challenging um, for sure. Just given the contracts and the salaries and everything that the wolves are in. Um, so it also has been looking to get an extension now for a while and the Timberwolves weren't granting it. So clearly the Timberwolves have been looking to move off of him. Right. And Conley, like I said, he's, he's getting like 22 million or something next year. So that creates a little bit of space while not losing the asset. And really, I mean, the fact that, you know, people viewed Russell as not like a negative asset necessarily, but like the idea that you could acquire value with him, getting rid of him, you know, that wasn't really what a lot of fans or kind of people were thinking. Um, so the fact that they got actual value back with Conley and all the plethora of high picks that they got back as well. Um, <laughs> why, why no, exactly. I was trying to be serious. They got three quality high picks. Second round picks? Yeah, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, better than nothing. I yeah, suppose, it is better but. than nothing. And uh, Josh Minot uh, is a player the Timberwolves drafted, I think, last year. And he played against the Utah Jazz in last night's game, Wednesday night's game. And um, he, he, went he played well 12 points, 11 rebounds. They Luka called him Garza, too. Yes, that guy can score. Yeah. Luca Garza can score, but oh my word. He is the worst defender I have ever seen set foot on an NBA basketball court. Anytime they do a pick and roll, the point guard just runs right around him, not because of lack of effort. Okay. Luca Garza works his can off out there. He is the slowest, slowest person I have ever watched play in a Minnesota Timberwolves uniform. I will uh, fight you back on one thing. You said you're the worst. 
he's the worst defensive player you've ever seen on an NBA floor. Um, yes. Just keep in mind, I did play on an NBA floor once. That's true. No, so I'm he might be the second worst. <laughs> That's true. You played at Target Center several times. Yeah, but so he, I don't know. I think you got Garza beat. I don't know. I feel like everybody went right around me too, but. Man, <laughs> Usually, I got to guard the worst player on the other team that was in well, the game, so that helped. Well, Garza basically has to guard point guards. That does get because, hard, right, yeah, because you're setting screen and rolls for the point guard, and they're okay. attacking him. So yeah, he's no, he it's no it's a tough, yeah, it's he's a you know, you just gotta hope you score more than you give up. It's a <laughs> situation, and that he, guy I mean, he was one for five from three, and he does he yeah. drains him, and he's got a nice inside touch floater yeah, game, and. When he comes on the court, I'm excited that he's on the court offensively. But when yeah, it's fun to watch, switches over to the defensive end, I'm bad, hard to watch. Yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is very hard to watch. A big thing the Timberwolves are losing. The one big concern that I have with getting rid of Russell is that he's been on fire from three point land in the last two or three months. Um, and bringing in Conley is not a terrible three point shooter. I think he's shooting 36 percent from the three point land this year, and but Russell over the last like month or two is 43% and Russell shoots more threes than Conley. So where are the threes going to come from? We are already a terrible th- three-point shooting team to begin with. Um, Towns maybe comes back, offers us some three-point opportunities. But the league is so far that direction. And the Timberwolves seem to be so far the other direction. I mean, we don't have... I mean, Edwards can make threes. Towns can make threes. but you look at some of these other squads that are legit, and they just have knocked down three-point shooters all over the place. And the Timberwolves' best three-point shooters aren't even three-point shooters. Right, yeah. I mean, you got to hope that somebody like Jalen Noel steps up. He had a rough um, couple months, really. I mean, he got off to a good start and has been in kind of a lull. You got to hope he gets hot and can be a consistent shooter. But, yeah, I don't know where else they're going to come from. It's It's a little bit dire. It's so funny that... I mentioned that the Timberwolves are a terrible three-point shooting team. The first time they trade Russell, first game without him, they go 23 for 43 from the three-point line, shoot 54% from the three-point line. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was, that was, you put, it's somehow they knew you were going to say that about their team. Yeah. And they played the the audio clip last night in the locker room before you even said it. Mm, There's like this Minnesota Tim guy. Time machine. He says we can't shoot threes. Time machine. Luca Garza, go prove him wrong. <laughs> and Noel, too. He was like six for nine. Or yeah, he went off. Yeah. That was crazy. He, he, Noel's been having a terrible year statistically. And he's in a contract year, which is terrible for him. Uh, and then he goes off against the Jazz. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, do you think Mike Conley is just like, Showed up to the arena and then just like walked yes. across, like the MLB players. Yeah, like he no, just walked across like... the court and go to the other side. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm Mike Conley, nice to meet you. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, they, when when trades happen in Major League Baseball, you see, you know, one from the dugout to the other dugout. Talk about confusion when entering a, an opposing team's locker room. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, when you went back to Watertown, I had to ask you if you needed to be escorted. Because, you know, it's weird walking in the opposing team's locker room. Um, I was excited about the trade. I was like, okay, I do think this makes the Minnesota Timberwolves a better overall team. 
Russell, he is a uh, he holds on to the ball too long. Um, won't get rid of it and make the right <laughs> pass all the time. A ball stopper, yeah. That's what I was. That's the word. Russell's a ball stopper. He will not move the ball. Conley will move the ball. I'm excited about the trade. And then I wake up this morning. My alarm goes off at 5:50. I check social media real quick to see if there's anything I need to know. Kevin Durant traded to the Phoenix Suns for Mikael Bridges, another player, and four first round picks. Yeah, Mikael Bridges. Kyrie Irving traded to the Dallas Mavericks for Spencer Dinwiddie. And we'll see if that works out with two ball-stopping point guards, Luka and Kyrie. But I thought the Timberwolves got better. Well, you look at the teams around the Minnesota Timberwolves and the NBA standings. Timberwolves are 30 and 28. The Phoenix Suns are the fifth seed. They're 30 and 26. So we are a game behind them. And then the... Dallas Mavericks are also 30 and 26. We're a game behind them. So teams that you're looking to catch up to in the West are the Los Angeles Clippers, and we're a game behind them as well to get out of that play-in spot. Yeah, I mean, so the hard part, I mean, the Bulls will probably have to look at more so thinking about maintaining versus rising. Mm. Because, I mean, the Suns, you know, they've been playing without uh, Devin Booker for a while. Like, they're going, the Suns are going to be a top, you know, four or five seed, whatever it is. At this point, the Mavs are going to make a run. So, like, it's not necessarily looking at jumping up. I mean, it might be Clippers, you can maybe pass. Like, it's not impossible by any means. Mm-hmm. But it's more about maintaining and not dropping down to the 10 seed or even out of the playoffs. That's still very possible. They have. I mean, between, I got to remember the stand. I mean, Lakers are in the mix. Thunder are in the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jazz are still in the mix. We'll see if they completely tank after this now. Um, you know, they, it they seems like, like it. It seems like it, but you yeah. never know. I mean, marketing's going off, and they, I mean, they're not going to try to win, but they got a good roster. Granted, I guess Vanderbilt and Beasley thin them out too, but um, it, it'll just be interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's about maintaining. Can the Bulls maintain? a playoff spot versus mm-hmm. dropping out. So. Right, right, yeah. That's a good take. That's a good take. Um, I, I, is Kevin Durant still hurt right now? He got hurt several weeks ago, and I didn't know if he came back yet um, because I thought he was playing, but maybe I Is he playing? I thought so. Maybe I was wrong. I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. His last game was January 8th. I know he got injured with the Brooklyn Nets, and it was Kyrie playing by himself for a while. Yeah. Uh, he did something he pulled something, so I'm not sure when he's going to come back. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe it'll take time for the Phoenix Suns to figure it out, but I highly doubt it. That is a high-powered offense with a point guard that is perfect for that situation, Chris Paul. So, yeah, um, the West—they're—they're yeah, the—they're the favorite now in the West, almost besides Denver, probably. Yeah, the West just got harder. Just got unbelievable. I mean, Kyrie Irving back to the West. I don't know. Was he ever in the West? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, but moving out, Irving, west. moving out West, Kevin Durant moving out West, and uh, yeah, well, Eastern and Conference. The counter argument is I saw that the Spurs traded uh, Jakob Pertle to the Raptors. <laughs> so not everyone in the West got better. <laughs> That's um, true. So we have that, at least. The Spurs are worse. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Yeah. As soon as I feel like I'm down on the Minnesota Timberwolves and their chances to be a top six eighty, you'll bring me in. You suck me right back in with a Jacob Prottle trade. 
The other big news in Minnesota fan land is Brian Flores signing on as the Minnesota Vikings defensive head coach. Based on what I've seen this week, a lot of people are excited about it. Players are excited about it. What analysts and and all these other guys that know more football than I do are saying, quote-unquote, experts, even though they're wrong all the time. They're saying that Brian Flores has a high blitz rate. He blitzed like a zillion times more than Ed Donatell did this past year in Minnesota when Brian Flores was back with the Miami Dolphins when he's the head coach there. Um, your thoughts on Flores signing with the Vikings? Yeah, it was kind of a weird situation because like it seemed like Flores was kind of the guy that they wanted originally. And then it I don't know if the Vikings were kind of convinced that he was going to be a head coach. Um, cause then they kind of seemed like they moved on to that Eva Ho guy or however you say his name, the Broncos D coordinator. Yes. Yeah. Ivero or something. Ivero. Yeah. And they, it looked like that. Then Sean Payton, you know, released him from his contracts. So then everyone's like, okay, it's going to happen. And then he like instantly signed with the Panthers. So now, you know, then the Vikings all did the 180 of like, well, so is Brian Flores the guy then? And turns out he was. He wasn't interested in coaching, you know, the Cardinals or lost the battle or, or lost the interview or whatever, or whatever, you know. However, that went down, whether it was his choice or their choice, um, decided to reunite with uh, KOC. You know, they've been they were together just a little bit in the past. Um, yeah, I'm guessing Flores will have more say on the defense i think in terms of personnel and whatnot i think he's going to have some more power he's a more he's a trusted guy mm-hmm. um and it'll, yeah we were the i don't remember if we were the dead last blitzing team last year but we were darn near close to it if we weren't the last one um yeah. and yeah that it was up to at flores blitzes around 40 percent of the time and there's a lot of clips of just all the movement and it does look like it's a difficult defense for a quarterback to read because you just you just don't know where's the pressure coming from, who which guys are coming, are they you know how are they going to drop back? Um, so it certainly will be interesting. Now it's the key will be who on this team can do all that sort of stuff. Yeah, because um, guys like Kendricks and Hicks aren't really that those guys. Um, Kendricks maybe in the past, but at this point that's hard for him. Um, Patrick Peterson suddenly does not look like I wouldn't, I would be shocked if he comes back now. Cause he's turned into kind of a zone only guy where he can make reads. And now having to play pressure one-on-one man defense is not his game anymore. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone. Um, you know, it, 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 a lot of changes could be coming. The safety position could be interesting because they're asking, it'd be asking a lot of Harrison Smith yeah. um, in his age, you know, he can't just sit back, you know, he has to, be pretty active so can he still do that because that was his game for a long time he was always a very active safety Mm -hmm. um but age is slowly catching up with everybody as you know as it does no insult to harrison smith but i saw a note on flores's are you insulting harrison smith are you sure you're not i'm calling him out yeah 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 call him out when he hears this you know come out to litchfield we'll talk about it bulletin board material yeah yeah um I saw a note on how Flores used his safeties with the Miami Dolphins. I think he said, like, I think the note said something like, Ed Donatel blitzed Harrison Smith 14 times this past season. Flores sent his safety to blitz with the Dolphins 200 times. 
So right. Harrison Smith is a very good blitzing safety, which we've mm-hmm. seen in the past. Mm-hmm. So maybe Flores will use that to an advantage. I think it's interesting. There's a lot of things that play here. How will the Minnesota Vikings draft now mm-hmm. with Flores? Does this mean we're going cornerback, cornerback, safety, linebacker in the first four rounds? Um Depends on the depth of the draft and where you can get what, where, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. that's something to consider. Another thing, if Flor, my, my thing is, uh, there's reports after he signed immediately saying that, you know, he's hoping to be a defensive coordinator for one year, wait for more head coaching opportunities to come out the following year, and then pitch himself to be a head coach. I think it's interesting that if Flores is going that route of trying to be a head coach next year, after being the, the Vikings defensive coordinator. I think it's interesting that he decided to be the defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. Like, of all places to try to sell yourself as a future head coach, to go to the worst defense in the NFL. And I guess there's a couple of things. You could say, well, he could turn around that worst defense in the NFL and then pitch himself. It looks awfully good then. But to put yourself in a situation where you're going to the worst defense in the NFL, that's a massive, massive, massive bet on yourself to turn that around. Right, yeah, because, I mean, well, it, it, part of it just depends on how do, you know, that's what fans think. That's how fans think things go down, too. Like, that is, I don't want to say strictly performance-based, but kind of, right? That's what fans think. Like, maybe he's so confident in his connections and his abilities that, even if they go from 30th to 22nd, you know, he's confident in what he does, who he knows, his ability to be a head coach, his ability to interview, that it, one year doesn't really matter. Because, like, it's a very fan thing to think, wow, he didn't fix the Vikings defense because he's still a head coaching candidate. Like, if it's true, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's the resume. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't know that one year is going to just make or break what he does. Um, so I don't know that there's a lot of risk in it for him, but I I, I wonder if he is going to stay at least maybe two or three years and wait for that perfect job. Mm-hmm. Maybe wait for Bill Belichick to retire if that ever happens. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah. just it'll it'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. I just don't know that one year is going to make or break him as a head coaching candidate. Because, like you said, if that was the case, he'd probably just stay in Pittsburgh another year and wait it out but i don't know that's true that's true that's a good point one year should not make or break him but and ma- and maybe it and maybe it does to some people i just i would imagine ownership uh, my- groups don't overanalyze just one year they look at the hopefully they would good ones i would assume would look at the whole resume that a candidate has but well my thought went to Viren leftwich of the uh, tampa bay buccaneers the guy was a head coaching option last year, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he was offered a head coaching position or if, if he passed on one or what the deal ended up being for Leftwich. But then he enters another year with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers offense, and this is the new offense, the guru who used to play in the NFL. And then he gets fired this year from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and now it's like all head coaching opportunities are completely out the window for Leftwich until he gets another offensive coordinator position and proves himself. Yeah. And no, so you're right. So it does work, but it does work that way as well, where it does true perform. Cause I mean, I wasn't trying to say performance doesn't matter. Cause obviously over the long run, it does. Um, 
So like Brian Leftwich has hasn't proved as much. Yeah. Um the know. longevity in the resume yeah. you're talking yeah. about Flores, yeah. Right. Because Flores, I mean, Flores has been a head coach and he was reasonably successful. Um, or at least looked like he was on a path to be successful. So right, you at least have that going for you. Where Leftwich was just an offensive coordinator and the same thing with like Kellen Moore too. It's kind of like Especially when they're young, it's it's are they ready to be a head coach? You know, it seems like it's got to be kind of a special character to be a a head coach with very little resume or experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Okay, so last week we did a little Vikings off season acquisition, get rid of player talk kind of thing. Um, there was a player that you teased last week at the end of the episode. And after the episode, I was like, okay, who could this be offensively, offensively, offensive line? Brian O'Neill, no. Receivers, Thielen, yeah, he's gone. But you said it was a sneaky player. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook, CJ Ham, Brad Bear. Uh, well, Brad Bear's a, a free agent. This is where this is how my mind is going, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think I got it figured out, but I want to hear what you had to say. Well, I think this a sneaky one that he's a beloved player. Mm. He serves a role, but it's not necessarily a role that you need always. I mean, it's one of those unfortunate things where if you're ranking roles, like you love to have it and it's needed, but also you're talking about the long snapper. Yes, <laughs> he's a pro gonna, bowler. We're just we're just gonna not snap the ball. That's what we're gonna do. Okay. And no. Uh, Fullback CJ Ham was the name I was thinking of. Ah, uh, yes. Because you can save three million bucks against the cap next year, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're when you need to make up a lot of cap, you know, that that might be the difference between making it under and you know getting stuck. And like I said, fullback, CJ Ham does a plethora of great things, mm. blocking and special teams, and he's that's a word that sounds like what it means. A receiving back as well this year. He had a few catches and stuff and goal line packages. Like he's by no means is he worth, you know, he's worth every penny of that 3 million. He is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just given the Vikings cap situation. If you're ranking priorities, yeah, um, he inevitably might fall to the middle or the bottom of that priority list. It's funny thinking about fullbacks and just their belovedness. Right. If you are mm-hmm. a fullback on an NFL roster and you aren't beloved with that fan base, you're doing something wrong. That's true. It has uh, to or be. Or maybe the, it's just the Vikings thing. I don't know. Well, it was a Packers thing for a while, too. I forget what their fullback. They had the big white fullback, big bruiser kind of guy. Um, yeah. When I even think about like, think about name. like, uh, like the use check with the 49ers, like everyone loves when Kyle use check does anything on a football field. Yes. Yeah, and so if you are a fullback in the NFL and you aren't beloved by the fan base, which is block, right? Yeah. Put your body on the line. Make a catch every once in a while. If you aren't doing that, if you if, if fans aren't chanting for your name and just like taking off all their clothes when you catch the football for the first time or maybe score a touchdown, then you're doing something wrong. Yeah, it's kind of a nice position in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have, I mean, yeah. Maybe fans shouldn't take off all their clothes when they catch the ball, but basically, that's that, that's what I'm, that's basically what they're doing. I mean, I feel like you do that regardless of what happens. 
That's true. You're gonna end That's up shirtless. This is a matter of what else happens, I guess. <laughs> Take it off. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, show, me show me your nipples, Jacob. Take on that. Take it off. Cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> Anything else that you wanted to share on the pod today? Mm. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. We lost in men's league. We could have uh, used, used some leadership. But, but it's From not you. playoff time. Only you. It's not playoff time yet, is it? No. But I now, if we would have won, we would have been in the final two. And now, I, now there's... It's possible to be in the final two, but there's also some tiebreaker shenanigans now that can happen. So we we lost our the control of our own destiny. Yeah. I'm kind of like in the Carl Anthony Town situation. Not that I'm injured, but I just have youth group on Wednesday night, so there's another obligation. It's like, I want you guys to win. I want my team to win. But when they lose, it's like, okay, you know, I guess I do have a little value to the team. Yeah. Makes me look more valuable. It does. We're trying to trade. I've been talking to your church for a while, um, trying to negotiate a trade. <laughs> Who are you trying to get rid of? <laughs> oh, I was I, a lot of options. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to decide who to send to the church. Um, <laughs> right now, I was between a few. I don't know if I should try to say their names or should I talk it out. Will that be putting some bad chemistry out into the air? For Well, maybe it'll motivate them. Or maybe it'll motivate. Um, well, so a couple options I had. Yeah. So, again, they acquired Tim from Youth Group. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about sending Ian Kloss, <laughs> who's a known, uh, does not believe in God in any way. <laughs> uh, he was the first priority. Youth pastor. <laughs> yep, <laughs> youth pastor. Um, just to see, you know, kind of slide that one in there. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, there's some there are some other options, uh, but Ian was going to be my first negotiator. And love Ian, trust me, love uh, Ian. Dirty, talk about a beloved player, right? He's a beloved, and he does the dirty work. He he plays defense. He re, he rebounds. He hustles. Play, you know, he does everything. Passes the ball. Um, I just. Uh, but it's about connecting him to God more so than getting rid of right. Him it's 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 a trade that serves everybody well. Um, yeah, except for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, well, maybe this is what Ian needs. Convictions from the Holy Spirit. Open up his Bible a little bit more. Prepare messages. We're in a Jonah series. We just started that on Wednesday night. So maybe this is what conviction Ian needs to get in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. Let's all rally. Let's rally. Let's rally around this trade. But yeah, unfortunately, trade deadline has passed. You cannot That's make true. trades and ring the playoffs. So no. Uh, at worst, we can hope you, they buy you out, and we can pick you up for a playoff <laughs> run. It's true. I can maybe I'll get fired this next week, and I can make it on Wednesday. There you go. Let's see. We'll see. All right. Everyone, thank you for listening to this episode of the Minnesota Tim Podcast with Jake's Take. As always, Jacob, I always appreciate it. I hope you have a great week. I hope you enjoy the conclusion to National Treasure Edge of History. 
I cannot wait. It's top of my list right after this basketball game tonight. I'll be watching National Treasure, I'm sure. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Everyone, thank you for listening. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.